I'm your host, Nick Ginsberg, and you're listening to The Open Drive, a podcast focusing on authentic living and defining your own path against the odds. Hi there, welcome to episode 10. We're in double digits. How exciting. Um, Welcome back to everyone who's listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. And welcome to any new listeners. Uh, It's lovely to have you. Welcome to the family. Uh, Just a reminder before we dive in, if you enjoy this podcast, please make sure you share it with your family and friends. I want to reach as many people as I can. So please help me do that so that I can help those that need it with sharing my story and hearing my story. I hope it helps some people. Also, please make sure you follow the Instagram account for the podcast and also myself on Instagram. So we are at The Open Drive and myself, I'm at uh, Nick Ginsburg. I almost forgot what my Instagram handle was then. Um, So also please make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. I want to make sure that you keep fully up to date and you know when new episodes are releasing. Now that's done. In episode 10, I would like to pick up my story where we left off in the abandonment uh, episode. So what happened really once mum was found and uh, I want to take you through a period of my teenage years and uh, share with you some of the things that happened uh, because it'll obviously make sense to future episodes uh, with topics I want to talk about. So I want to share this part of my story with you. And this is as I start getting older and start piecing some puzzles together. So, uh, and it's also when I start grappling with my sexuality and, and, and how I handled that. So uh, let's dive in, shall we? Mum had been found. Uh, I was staying at my auntie's um, and both of my aunties and my uncle uh, fought really hard to get her into government housing, as I, I think I mentioned in the previous episode, and she got in, um, which was uh, really amazing because if she didn't, I, I'm sure she would have ended up incredibly unwell physically and not just uh, what she was, which was quite mentally unwell. So I'm sure that would have affected her physical health as well. So I was living with my aunt and uncle at the time and uh, they're truly amazing people, but, and they lived at the very, very North end of the Gold Coast. So they lived in a suburb called Gavin and I used to catch the bus. I think it was like an hour uh, to get to school, which I was, uh, down near Broad Beach on the Gold Coast and I would go to high school and go back and forth and back and forth and do all of that. And I was actually living with them when September 11 happened. I vividly remember, walking out of where I was uh, staying at their place and seeing it on TV. Um, I think it's one of those moments where you, uh, it's kind of seared in your memory and everybody remembers exactly where they were and uh, when they found out and when they saw it unfolding. So um, I was there. I was at my aunt and uncle's place. I also spent a lot of time with their kids. So in particular, one of their daughters, Lisa, my cousin, and her husband, Rick, and she had her sons who were very young, very, very, very young. Um, uh, And I spent a fair bit of time with them the years sort of following back and forth and helping Lisa. And um, 
a lot of fun, really amazing distraction, was a hoot. But as mum got better, she managed to get herself to a state where where it was fine for me to return home and start living with her, which was which was good. Of course, I missed her a lot. Um, Louise, I'm not sure where she was at this point. Um, uh, but yeah, I ended up moving back in with mum, which was, which was great. And she had some great periods and um, she slipped off the wagon every now and again with drinking. And, but she really was trying quite hard when I first moved back in with her. Um, and then we seem to, for my teenage years, really do quite a roller coaster of uh, uh, just a roller coaster. Um, so many ups and downs. Like the ups were great and a lot of fun, and and Mum and I would have a ball. And as Louise came into the picture, it was again it was fine. And then it was bad and we'd have bad periods where it could be months on months months on end of mum drinking heavily and her mental health was was really bad and uh during those periods I would stay at friends place so I would stay for an extended period at various people's houses um could be anywhere from a week to two weeks to three weeks. Um, I stayed with my friend Anton for a little bit. Uh, I stayed with another friend that I was friends with at the time. Um, yeah, I stayed with family, stayed with my, with my cousin, which was great. I had, I had people to be able to help me kind of escape a little. And I think before that, I never had that opportunity to get away because uh, I just didn't think it was possible. But after what had happened with mum and sort of living with other people, I realised I could get away and be okay. And so that's what I did for my teenage years. And I focused on school and uh, made some good friends and and it was great. Uh, the whole time, mind you, during this, I was trying to figure out, not really figure out, I was trying to come to terms with my sexuality. I always knew I was gay. And... Yeah, being at a high school on the Gold Coast, uh, not the most welcoming. Um, uh, it, it really, I don't think any high school is when it comes to being gay. Maybe it is now. All of a sudden, I sound like I'm eighty. Um, but, but yeah, it was it was uh, interesting trying to come to terms with that. I was of course bullied for it, kind of regardless. Actually, when I was at high school, I was bullied until. I became friends with the popular girls and then all of a sudden no one bullied me because I think they realised that I could just say a few words to the girls. So I was very lucky. There were kids at my school that weren't as lucky. Um, and yeah, so high school was fun. As fun as it was ever going to be. Would I go back and do it again? Never. Uh, but, but it was fine. I got through it. And I had a really great group of friends. Like, I really did. They were really a lot of fun to be around. It was a hoot. It really was a hoot. Towards the end of high school, mum got really bad again. Um, really bad. Um, her mental state uh, was probably close to as bad as when she left me 
when I was 13. Um, and I ended up immediately going to live with uh, a friend, uh, one of my good friends who I've known since we were in preschool together, um, Katie and her family. And I lived with them for what felt like forever. I think it was like, I know it was most of, I think it was maybe from the end of year 11 through to the maybe just after my 18th birthday. So just after year 12. And it was amazing. I loved living with them. It was, a, it was, they were so warm and so welcoming, but exactly what I was talking about in some of the previous episodes, this feeling of being a burden, that was hard. Like I felt like an outsider and it was through no, no action theirs. Um, but I felt like an outsider. I, I, I didn't feel like I belonged, um, in the house. And I, I, I felt like they were doing me favors and none of that, I'm sure none of that was true. It was all predominantly in my head. Um, but that really wore on me. And as I got older, I think my self-worth really took a hit around all of this stuff. And I did not, yeah, I didn't, didn't really have a, a high sense of self-love at that point. Um, Teenagers are rough regardless. I mean, hormones are ridiculous. I mean, the fact that we go through it, I mean, batten down the hatches, that was not fun. But yeah, I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't have a huge feeling of self-love. And I, and I remember I, it was like this, I, I'd always had this feeling like I, I would be kind of a, alone my whole life. And so when I, st when I turned 18 and things were starting to, was getting to a point where I needed to leave Katie's place. Um, and I moved back in with mum and I was going out clubbing and I was working and, um, I started meeting boys and yeah, I just, I never thought that I would find someone and I dated boys. I dated uh, a few people. And remember when I say dated, it is a very loose term. It was uh, the longest, I think it was two weeks. <laughs> it was it was not long at all. Um, actually, that may be an exaggeration. They may have lasted a little longer than that, but I reckon no more than four weeks. Um, it was, they were brief. And, but I, I, yeah, I just never, never thought that that was on the cards for me. And, yeah, I, I, I ended up moving back home and mum got really, uh, really, she was still really bad. She hadn't gotten bad. She was bad that whole time and then got, got worse again when I got home. And I'd started dating this guy, Colin. Um, and at this point, by the way, Louise was living literally down the road from us. Um, and I started dating Colin and we were always destined to be best friends. Uh, we were not destined to be together. But at the time, yeah, absolutely. I was all in. He was all in. I think we dated for a few weeks and then decided we were better off friends. But he was kind of the first person that 
got a full look into my world. So I shared with him pretty much everything. And then he got to witness some stuff firsthand in stuff that was happening. And he lived at that point in a smallish town uh, inland from the Gold Coast called Bow Desert. Um, and he was moving to Brisbane. So he wanted to, to get out and move to the big, big city. And so he had done that. And he was living in a shared share house at this point. I think we'd stopped dating months before that. But he'd moved out and was living at the share house in U Farm in Brisbane. And then I remember we were down. So I'd been up to visit him a few times on uh, in the place. And then him and his then boyfriend were down and I'd gone with them to the beach, I think. <laughs> this is loosely the story. Um, I'd gone with them to the beach and I don't know what had happened recently, but I, I vividly remember him looking at me and saying, Nick, you've got to get out. You've got to get out. Pack up your shit, we're going. And within days, I'm not even kidding, it was days I was up living in Brisbane. I pinpoint where I am now in terms of my career, earning a salary, um, living my life to him. Yes, I still would have done this. I still would have been able to create a life because I'm driven and it's what I wanted and I didn't want to be like them, but he helped me along the way. He gave me that push to get out and I needed it. And it was, it was really so good. He's still one of my closest friends, uh, my best friend. Um, and our time in Brisbane together was a hoot. I'm going to save that for another episode because I'm going to need longer um, than this episode to talk through my Brisbane, the Brisbane years. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And when I say he very selflessly helped me, we shared the tiniest bedroom you have ever seen in order to get me out of my mum's house and out of, out of that home while she was struggling so bad. I slept on a thin mattress on the floor of the smallest bedroom. He slept in a single bed. Maybe it was a king single. I think it was a single bed. Um, there was not enough room for our clothes. There was, I kid you not, probably, I reckon, a, a metre by maybe two metres of space of carpet in the room uh, after where I was laying and where his bed was and he had a, a, a desk for a TV, but that's, that's what he did. And, and I lived with him. He got me a job and yeah, amazing, really amazing. So that's kind of a, a quite a, a, a good overview of those teenage years. There was lots of stuff that happened in those teenage years that were similar to when I was a kid. So lots of, of really bad drinking, lots of really bad mental health episodes, um, and I will share more of this as it goes on because there's certain aspects of it that will link to, to certain things I want to discuss around mental health. So keep your ears peeled for future episodes on that. Um, 
But yeah, so this is an overview of my teen years, my formative years, um, figuring out who I was. Actually, what I will tell you, and this is a bit of an added bonus of this episode, so I hope you stuck around. Let me share with you my coming out story. I do want to do a whole uh, episode on uh, LGBT issues, both as having gay parents and me being uh, gay and all of that. I want to do an episode on that. But let me share with you my coming out story because I, it's quite funny and also very embarrassing for me. So as you know, mum had asked me over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again if I was gay. I shunned her away. I tried very hard to not give any signal that I was gay, except for the fact that I'd play with Barbies anyway um, and listen to the Spice Girls at full pelt. Um, I mean, yeah, I I had no chance of hiding in a closet. Anyways, um, so I had met this guy. I don't even know how we met. It was probably on the internet at some point or, I don't know, a phone chat room or something. Anyway, we became pen pals. He was in New Zealand. I was in Australia, of course, on the Gold Coast. And we wrote to each other. And it was lovely and it was innocent for the most part uh, until it wasn't. And then... (laughs) And I was upstairs and mum called me down. I think I was 16. Um, Called me downstairs. It was just before... I think it was probably six months or so before I went to go live with Katie um, got downstairs. She said, Nick, do you want to tell me anything? I said, no, (laughs) no, I don't. And then she said, she showed me the letter and I went, oh God. She said, Nick, I know you're gay. It's okay. Just tell me. And I went, no, no, I'm bi. First of all, who would have believed that with me? That like, no, thanks. I mean, respect to women, love them, all of that, but I'm good. Thank you so much. And, um, and I I managed to hold on to that I'm by thing for, I reckon, maybe 10 minutes, if I was lucky. And then I went, no, of course, you're right, I'm gay. And she burst into tears, um, sobbed and sobbed and sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And it wasn't about anything other than she didn't want me to have a hard life. She wanted me to have a carefree life. Ironically, Um, she wanted to, I know it was all from a very good place, but she wanted me to have a a carefree life. And she knew that it wouldn't be carefree. And so she, um, yeah, Um, she really struggled with it for probably, I reckon only maybe two hours and then she was fine. Um, of course, I mean, she's a lesbian. I mean, how upset could she be in in reality? Um, so, so yeah, so that was my coming out story right in the middle of my teen years. Uh, yeah, wow. Um, not how I'd planned on coming out. I can tell you that, uh, mum reading a letter and the letter was not PG, uh, was not rated PG. So that was mortifying, probably more so than me coming out to my mum. Anywho. And it, it wasn't my letter, thank God. It was his letter to me, but still it was bad. It was bad. So anyway, so that's, that's my coming out story. The, the probably more than you bargained for. So 
I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it gives you a bit of a glimpse more into me. Um, this will just keep on opening up and up and up and up and up. And I hope you have a fantastic time, whatever it is you're doing at the moment. And remember, if you enjoyed this, please make sure you share it and make sure you're following me on Instagram. So follow the podcast at The Open Drive and follow me at Nick Ginsberg. And I can't wait to chat to you all in the next episode. And finally, please pop me a DM a direct message. When you follow me, let me know your story. Let me know a little bit about yourself because um, I want this to be a two-way street. So you get to listen to me. I want to hear some of your stuff. You are part of the family now, so I need to get to know you. So make sure you flick me a message. All right. Enjoy. I will chat to you in the next episode. Thanks again for listening. See you later.